You are listening to The Game Plan on the official Raiders Podcast Network. Here's your host, JT the Brick. Steve Strahan is kind enough to join us, played for the Raiders, running back, great college career at Boston College, and I had the uh, opportunity to MC a Zoom call with all the Raiders from the 80s. And Steve was patient enough, and he was one of the last to go. And he told a bunch of really good stories, and I wanted to get him on the radio here right before the holidays and the end of the year. Steve, thanks a lot for coming on. I hope you're well. How are you? I'm great. Thanks, JT. Really uh, happy to join you. Thank you. I wanted to, yeah. you to share that story with us because, you know, you were kind of out of the picture for a while as an alumni, but you told the story on the Zoom call about Marcus Allen and the connection you have and how the brotherhood is back in your life. And I thought it was great. I, you know, we were sitting there on that Zoom call, and you were so patient to wait to the end when we got to you, and you shared how this brotherhood brought you back, if you can share that with us. Yeah, you know, JT, my experience was, um, you know, playing football in the NFL is very intense. Um, and at least that was my experience. And, and I was a bubble player. You know, I was an 11th-round draft choice, and um, my rookie year I got cut at the end of camp. But I was able to get re-signed, uh, I think it was the third game of uh, my rookie year, and then I played five seasons there. And um, But every year for me, it was a, a big challenge to, to make the roster. And when I was done, I just went away for about 10 years. I didn't watch NFL football. I just, uh, you know, I've been playing football since I was nine years old. And, and um, But, I don't know, some years ago, I started watching again and really enjoying it. But... I didn't. Um, I didn't really feel connected to the Raiders. Uh, you know, I had just kind of uh, moved on and um, regretted it terribly. Um, and then over the summer, I um, the folks uh, at at the um, alumni relations department they re- they found me and um, and I started uh, you know connecting and and I got invited to that Zoom call and it was uh, just an amazing experience to see those players from the 80s that I played with, um, and most of whom I have not seen or talked to in 30 years. And um, I just felt so much gratitude that, that I was able to be a part of that. And it made me realize how important it was to me. Um, and especially, uh, maybe I'll just share that story about Marcus. Um, about two months ago, I, I um, got a call on a Sunday night, and, and the call came from a friend of mine. And it's 10 o'clock at night. I'm looking at my phone, and it's his name. And I thought, oh, I don't want to talk to Bob right now. And then I I was just about to, to hang up the phone, and I thought, oh, you know, maybe he needs me for something. So I answered the phone, and it wasn't my friend Bob. It was Marcus Allen. And, um, you know, I played five seasons with Marcus, and we were in the running back room together for five years and um, shared a lot of experiences. But I had not seen or spoken with Marcus in 30 years. And uh, when he started talking, I recognized his voice immediately. And I, as I spoke, the first thing he said was, Steve, it's so great to hear your voice. And um, and we got together the next morning and hugged and and laughed a lot and shared a lot of memories. And um, and it was amazing to me. I'm, I'm, I'm with someone I hadn't seen in 30 years, and it's as if, uh, you know, none of those years went by. Um we both remembered detailed things, meaningless things that happened, you know, in the locker room or on a trip to a game or in the film room. And uh, it just uh, it made me realize how much I missed uh, connecting with the players I played with. And I imagine that it's sort of like I was never in the military, but 
I imagine that people that uh, have a shared experience in the military probably have a similar type of bond. Um, when you go through adversity and challenges and all that intensity, you know, with people, it, it brings you close, and, um, yeah. and that closeness stays. At least it stays with me and, and the Raiders. Dave Strahan joins us, former running back. I just wanted to share that. You and, and when your name came up on my list of alumni, because you know I'm talking to a lot of alumni on the radio, because this this alumni department led by Shannon Jordan is a game changer. I mean, they they come to me every day with an alumni mm. to talk to and tell stories. And I just wanted to share a bit of your story because it's really what my life's based on in my DNA. I've, I've spent more time connecting with my friends at times than my family. And it's bothered me. Yeah. You know, some people disappear from their friends and they connect with their family. And your story just really hit me. It went through me like a lightning bolt because Marcus Allen is one of the most recognized, recognized football players of all time. You lose track of him for 30 years. If you don't pick up that phone, you pick up the phone and boom, you're right back to where your friendship was. Isn't that, Steve, the real big part of the story is how quickly a friendship can come back? It wasn't a death. Hey, someone passed away. They try to get you on the phone. It's just someone picking up the phone, and now you're back with the Raiders, and you're back with Marcus. Oh, my God. You know, I remember when we were visiting in in the morning after that call, he asked me if I remember Doki Williams. And I laughed, and I looked at him and said, Marcus, Doki Williams taught me how to cabbage patch. What do you mean do I remember Doki Williams, you know? <laughs> and, um, gosh, we laughed, and he told stories uh, about um, Frank Hawkins right. that I remember. Frank. And just funny things that happened, you know, in the film room. And, and um, it is, it is it's, it's extraordinary that that, that, that uh, you know, the, the time that we spent together so many years ago was so formidable that it, it it just created this bond, and that bond is still there. Uh, it's that mm-hmm. shared experience, you know. And I, 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 let me just tell you something about Marcus Allen. And I, I'm sure so much has been said about Marcus, but you know, I, I watched Marcus. I backed up Marcus as well as the fullback, and um, I saw him play not hurt, but play injured. Uh, where you know we needed him on the field, he gave us our best chance of winning, and he played, and he was not healthy enough to play. Um, but he was, I don't think I've ever played with anybody as competitive as Marcus was. And, you know, at the time that he was doing that, that's what I was seeing. But then he was on the cover of magazines of GQ, and he was the L.A. guy, the very handsome guy, the the single guy, and, and uh, living a carefree life. And I'm sure that's what it looked like on the outside. Mm-hmm. But I'll tell you what, he was so competitive. And he could have very easily just said, hey, I don't feel right. I think I'm going to sit this one out. But he was such a leader, such a competitor. And, um, uh, yeah, I was so fortunate to play with him. You know, I, I, I told my friends that I, I kind of like had a forest on football career. I played with uh, college football with Doug Flutie, who won the Heisman. And then I go to the Raiders and I play with uh, four other Heisman Trophy winners, Bo Jackson, Marcus, Tim Brown, and Jim Plunkett. Wow. And I don't Incredible. know if you find someone that's ever played with high Heisman Trophy winners, but, but I did. But being a Raider was um, it was just a dream come true. Wow. Um, you know, in 1985, when I graduated, when I got drafted, every college player in the country, I, I can assure you, if they could have chosen the team, everyone would have chosen the Raiders at that yeah. time. Um, the Raiders were just different, different from every other NFL team. Different from any other sports franchise, no, no. and um, and all the players in the league all wanted to be there as, as well. 
we would have guys that would be traded, and they'd come in the locker room, and they would say, oh, God, I'm so glad I'm here. Everybody wants to be here. And uh, it was an amazing, amazing uh, organization and team. Um, mm-hmm. I was just so fortunate to, to, to be part of it for a little bit there. Thank you, Steve. We'll do uh, something a little bit more long form on the podcast coming up. I'll reach out to you again. Have a great weekend, and thanks for joining us. I really appreciate it. Great. My pleasure. Touchdown, Las Vegas. Since starting Allegiant some 20 years ago, we've flown more than 100 million people to be with those they love. We're pilots, flight attendants, and technicians, but we're also parents, spouses, and neighbors. And just like you, we're excited to reconnect with the people and places that matter most. That's why we're going the distance for health and safety, on the ground and in the air. Because the further we go now, the safer it'll be to go farther tomorrow. Allegiant, the official airline of the Las Vegas Raiders. Low fares, nonstop flights, only at Allegiant.com. James Folston, kind enough to join us. Former Raider linebacker, played with the Silver and Black from 94 through 98. Once a Raider, always a Raider. James, thanks for doing this. A good day to get you on because of the way you played. And scheme is one thing. So you got the fans saying that the scheme is right and the players aren't getting the job done. And then you got another group of fans saying that the scheme is wrong and the players need better coaching. So that's really what's the difficult thing for us to figure out today is now they go with Rod Marinelli. Guy who's been in the league forever as a defensive line coach, and he'll take over as a coordinator. Do you think it'll help? I, I think it'll help. Um, um, I'm sure you see some things that uh, some of the guys probably could play on a high level at. Uh, guys could play fast, keep it simple. Um, even though these guys are, are the elite athletes of the world, sometimes you got to slow things down so these guys can play fast. Yeah, I, I think that's a really good point. James Falston is our guest to play, to play faster and to play more downhill. But for you – as a linebacker and a guy who could play up close to the line of scrimmage, it's also about being lined up properly and doing film study. Was film study a big part of your young career and when you got entrenched with the Raiders? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Film study basically really was one of my uh, greatest assets. If you had an a athlete uh, playing on the highest level um, that's, uh, that refrains from studying film, they won't last long in the National Football League. The National Football League is uh, based off of tendencies. I mean, basically you study the, uh, the personality of the offensive coordinator or the defensive coordinator. Once you understand their personality, and you pretty much can start playing fast. James Falston is our guest. So you're another guy that I'm happy to interview who was a basketball player. You are a track guy. Then you get an opportunity to play football in a limited amount of time, and you prove to everyone in high school you can do it and get to college. Tell us about your path from high school, finding football, and getting into college. Uh, it's great you asked that question. I played one year of varsity high school football. Um, I, I played freshman um, football at Wadden, and in my 10th and 11th grade year, I decided to uh, play basketball and got a job at Wendy's uh, during the football season at Wadden stuff. And all of a sudden, I went back out my senior year, from my junior year to senior year, my senior year, I gained, what, 60 pounds. I uh, got strong in the weight room. I decided to go back out. And that one year, I had 123 tackles, 21 sacks, 15 tackles for a loss, and End up um, going to the going to Northeast Louisiana University. Incredible! So that was the big deal for you, putting on weight, growing into your body from your junior and senior year, becoming a tackling machine, and getting noticed. Yes, absolutely. Uh, finished off my career at Northeast Louisiana as all-time sack leader, currently in the uh, University Hall of Fame. Uh, if there's anything I can do back over, it would be anything. Um, only thing. Uh, Probably understand uh, how to eat correctly once I started my freshman year in college. Other than that, 
Anything else, I wouldn't change anything. All right, James Folson is our guest, former Raider linebacker. So tell me the Al Davis story. How did he find you? How did you get an opportunity with the Raiders and maybe an early conversation with Mr. Davis when he saw what you were good at? What a lot of people don't know, Mr. Davis is a he's a he's a people person. Uh, the media get it misconstrued on his actual personality. Uh, his thing is um, uh, do right. Uh, it's about trust, about commitment, and um, believing in hard work. If you're one of those guys that I believe in taking shortcuts, Mr. Davis, he, he can find that out. I mean, uh, he's he's actually a great evaluator. He can find that out with, with these wagons and stuff. Um, my first conversation with him was um, during minicamp. Uh, uh, I was drafted. I was the last draft class of the Los Angeles Raiders. Mm-hmm. Um, went to minicamp. He came on. Um, he spoke. To, he spoke to me over having this stuff. Um, and what what surprised me? He knew all about. Um, uh, my street, what street I live on. He knew my neighbors. He knew uh, what high school I went to, of course. Uh, he knew some of the people that um, were part of my uh, development as I was growing up. And that, that surprised me a whole lot. So I, that then, I, that, when he told me that, I knew then that, hey, this is a billion-dollar industry. Nicely said. James Falston is our guest. So you're part of that last class. What was it like? Because you're a high pick. You're a second-round pick. And then the transition up to Oakland what was it like getting settled in L.A. and then to Oakland and what that was like and how the organization handled that back in the day? Uh, well, in 94, we actually played our games in uh, the L.A. Coliseum. Mm-hmm. Um, in 95, we commuted. We practiced in Oakland. I mean, we practiced in Los Angeles. And we uh, we flew up for the home games up in Oakland. And then in 96, we made the, uh, the ultimate move to Oakland. Um, to me, we just treated all the, uh, the games just like away games. Um we, we're all professionals, so the way I look at it, uh, from a fan standpoint, I mean, the way I'm built, I can have two people in the stands. I just want to play football. I mean, some people have to have 30, 70, 80,000 people in the stands, but that wasn't my case. So really, it didn't, it didn't phase me at all. I mean, and I'm sure, quite sure some other players will say the same. Hey, James, as we wrap this up, once a Raider, always a Raider, you got the legacy brick from Mark Davis. You got to wait to come to Vegas and see the team play and be here with your former teammates here, but how you feeling overall about this move and what the Davis family can do here in Vegas now to finally have a home in their own stadium? I think it's a great power move. Uh, you know, how the, as far as uh, how the money's uh, distributed throughout the NFL teams, you know, you have 31 NFL teams and you have the, the Raiders. And, and us having our own stadium in Las Vegas will help us out tremendously. Uh, not only will it help us out within the Las Vegas area, it would also help us out from a uh, free agent standpoint. You you may have more uh, unrestricted free agents wanting to come to Las Vegas. I mean, nice stadium, nice training facility, uh, nice um, high schools in the area for kids, for some of those that are unrestricted free agents and have kids. Um, great weather. I mean, it's warm throughout uh, certain amounts out of the year, but the weather is beautiful uh, seven to eight months out of the year. So those are some of the things that um, unrestricted free agents can look forward to. And also, you state taxes. So there's a lot oh. of amenities that go with being uh, a Las Vegas race. You're speaking my language, James Folston, as we wrap it up. What are you doing? I'm really enjoying this conversation. What are you doing with your life today? Well, I'm down in Florida. Um, I volunteer my time at my local high school. I take pride in uh, with the kids with the strength and conditioning program, with the track program. I just try to help them out as much as I can, make sure they um, understand what it's like to be prepared mentally and physically. Um I also have um, kids of my own. I, I was fortunate enough to have my older son. He graduated from the University of Notre Dame. He went there on a football scholarship. Did fairly well. Um, my younger son played at um, the University of Pittsburgh. 
He graduated wow. from Pittsburgh. Had a shot with the um, uh, with a, quite a couple of other NFL teams. I don't want to mention any names away because because <laughs> I'm on a radio call. Um, <laughs> he's now currently playing in the um, uh, TSL uh, Spring League. Uh, they'll be playing on national television on Tuesday. On FS1. Awesome, James. James Folson Jr. I will not forget that. Uh, do me a favor on the way out. Send a message to this defense. You are the perfect guest for me to have on Monday coming off that loss with the Chargers jumping in here on Thursday night in a must-win. What would you tell this defense if you were in the meeting room? Alignment, assignment, and aggression. We're playing on that high level. Um, I'm sure the um, uh, deepest coordinator – well, not deepest coordinator. I'm sure that the um, – the, the defense quality control with those guys got the scout reports put together for for our defense. I've studied it, studied tennises, um, know your personnel. Uh, again, know who the offensive coordinator is. Uh, like I say, back in the day when I was playing, we uh, we studied the offensive coordinator. He has tendencies. No matter what type of level you're playing on, everybody has tendencies. Study their tendencies, execute, uh, tips and overthrows, ladder to the ball. Score. I'll leave you on this note. A friend of both of ours is listening, and he said, James was a high-motor guy, made a lot of plays for us, great in the clubhouse, used as a linebacker, but was a fierce pass rusher, loved having him on the team, helped lead the defense, and a production guy, and we appreciate his time with the Raiders. Perfect way to wrap it up, James. I'll remember this. Thanks so much for doing this. Take care. Thanks for having me. Thanks for having me, JT. Thanks for having me. You got it. James Falston. Daryl Bird, kind enough to join us. Once a Raider, always a Raider. Former linebacker and Super Bowl 18 champion. Daryl, happy holidays. Thanks so much for doing this. How are you? Just finding yourself, and happy holidays to you, too. Daryl, first off, I'm an Illini. Not me. My wife is. She went to the University of Illinois, where you went. So I'm taking a look at your journey here. Tell me how you go from California to the University of Illinois and how your college football career, high school career, started off? Well, um, I went to James Logan High School in Union City, California. And um, after a pretty decent you know, amount of years there, um, I also I transferred to Chabot College in Hayward, um, the same school that uh, Jeff Barnes went to. Mm-hmm. As, a, uh, as a JC transfer, I transferred to the University of Illinois. Um, I had never been out to the Midwest. And... Um, you know, coming from a military family, you know, we enjoyed traveling quite a bit, but I've never been out to the Midwest, and I figured, you know, why not give it a try? And uh, so that's how that, that's all that happened. And um, Mike White, who was um, a former coach at Berkeley, uh, knew California very well, was now at the University of Illinois and brought in a lot of California players out there to um, join them. And um, that began the transition with that whole program where they had a tremendous amount of uh, opportunities to win, and they did win. Um, Jack Trudeau went there, um, a number of California players. In fact, one of your uh, assistant coaches right now was a running back, Kirby Wilson, mm-hmm. was a teammate of mine at the University of Illinois. And Jack Squirwick, who was my teammate and also uh, at the University of Illinois, was also there. And so um, it was just a great opportunity and really exciting to be part of that campus and be a part of the Big Ten, which is, you know, like football like you've never been before and. Um, I just really enjoyed that place and um, having an opportunity to be a part of that. Daryl Bird's our guest. Yeah, it's, it's so unique how many uh, gentlemen I talked to at the JC. They went the JC route, then they ended up at a school, but it all came back to how did Al Davis figure <laughs> find out about you? You mentioned the Mike White connection. Your first conversation with Mr. Davis you sh- as you come to the Raiders. Walk us through that story. Well, I mean, at that point in time, I mean, I knew the Raiders 
we're going to be a successful team. And he just kind of welcomed me in and said, you know, uh, glad to see you be a part of us. And we didn't have a lot of exchanging of conversations, but um, he just gave me the sense of confidence that I, I was with the right organization. And, um, you know, just, you know, excited to be there. I knew the Raiders. Um, you know, they were in our community um, pretty much my entire time that I was living in, in, in the Indy Bay. Um, it was something that it wasn't unusual to just be out and about and see a Raider player, Kenny Stabler going to the movie theaters or, you know, uh, Gene Upshaw and, or anybody for that matter. And so I always wanted to be a part of it. And so coming out of Illinois as a undrafted uh, player, um, I had an opportunity to sign with them and it was automatic. Daryl Bird is our guest, former Raider Super Bowl champ. Super Bowl 18. So you've been described as a really good teammate, a quiet guy. What was it like for you playing with all of those Mavericks and players and future Hall of Famers on this team there? What was your role? I know you, the impact you had on special teams, but what was it like in that locker room with your head on a swivel at training camp and being around all these players, all with different personalities? You know what? It felt comfortable. And that's what you want to be, be a part of. You want to be a part of an comfortable environment, I didn't feel like I was out of place. Um, there was anything really unusual going on. It just felt so familiar because I knew the rate of persona. You know, I knew what they were about. I knew what was going on. I knew uh, what their expectations were. They were the winningest franchise in all sports at that time. And you knew what the expectations, expectations were going to be. And so they welcomed you. You know, older veterans always kind of took the younger players aside and made them, you know, kind of get to know the system. And, um, you know, being a part of that, uh, being the fact that I knew Jeff Barnes prior to actually even going to the Raiders and him welcoming me in, along with Rod Martin and Matt Millen and, you know, and also playing with Jack Squirick at the uh -huh. University of Illinois, uh, it just felt so comfortable, which is the perfect environment for somebody like myself who's a little bit more reserved. Um, right. You just... You just felt like you fit in. Daryl Bird is our guest. What was it like being on a on a star-studded team in L.A. in the early to mid-'80s with everything that was happening in sports and the surrounding areas of L.A., the sprawl, how big it was, and the Raiders, the Raiders in L.A. winning and playing in such big games? What were some of your fondest memories? Well, my fondest memories are just being with the fellas. You know, um, the thing is, what I remember is, you know, seeing talent like Marcus Allen. So you go out there on the practice field and you try to compete with one another and realizing that there are certain people who are just a cut above. They just have such a tremendous amount of versatility and athleticism. And, you know, I remember we used to have one-on-one -on -one drills with running backs trying to pass coverage. And just you had to be at your very best to just try to stop this guy. And then witnessing players like Howie Long and, and then Ted Hendricks, for example, I just mm. he just had an incredible knack for the game that just was just my he seemed to always be there prior to anything else happening, just kind of stepping in the in the place and making the play. You know, with blocked field goals or blocked punts. It was just it's amazing just to be around those personalities and find how intuitive and how, how much instinct they had as individual players to be able to play at such a level that allowed them to make the opportunity to make it into the Hall of Fame. You know, it's it's just something, you, when you see it, you just know it. It's just there. It just happens. Wrapping it up with Daryl Bird, former Super Bowl 18 champion. Daryl, we've been spending a lot of time this year with Coach Flores. 
He comes on with me every other week. We just did a Hall of Fame special with him on TV. This is supposed to be his year. He's the only finalist when it comes to a coach. Can you share a story about Coach Flores and the impact he had on your life? Well, his demeanor, I mean, the thing is, um, you know, going into being a part of the Raiders, uh, he just, I mean, it's none of that real super rah-rah stuff. It was a matter of just somebody who knew who was just confident in the players and the decision-making and, you know, the personalities that he had there who can get the job done. Um, I remember him just saying that, you know, this is our season. Super Bowl 18, we, got, we can do it this year. And lo and behold, it just happened. You know, um, we were a team that, by how I can basically describe it, it was destiny that we were going to end up being in Tampa Bay playing against whoever we were going to play with. You know, I felt that from him from the very beginning, that aura of confidence, and that nothing was going to deter the Raiders from actually accomplishing what they were going to do. And Tom Flores brought that. He, he brought in the right people. Um, it was just a sense of almost inevitability that they were going to actually win the Super Bowl. Even going through that, that day before the game, it was just a matter of just checking the box. It was going to happen, and it did. And um, he should rightfully be in the Hall of Fame. I don't know why it's delayed for so long, but he should be there. We're all counting on it. Daryl, final one, last one. Appreciate your time today. What does it mean to you to be considered a Raider, a champion Raider? What does this organization mean to you personally right now as we wrap up 2020? It is all, I've always felt to be a part of the Raider Nation. Um, like I said, I grew up in a community that was pretty much nothing but Raiders and Raider fans. And um, even when I came back to California and um, – would go to the games, it just felt that it was family. The Raider Nation, Raiders organization has always felt like family. And when you're like when you're with family, conversations flow easily. So you can talk to almost anybody on the street about the Raiders and the conversation just flows. It's just like going home to your old neighborhood and being warmed and welcomed there when you get there and the conversation flows and that's what it's like being a part of the Raiders. I mean, when you get to Las Vegas or wherever you go, even L.A., wherever the Raiders have been, it's always felt comfortable. And I personally, my belief is that the Raiders are a West Coast team. <laughs> you know, uh, mm-hmm. we have more support on the West Coast than anybody I can ever think of. No matter where we are, you know, I've always felt the Raiders was just that part of that family. Well, thank you, Daryl. We really appreciate it. The fans appreciate it. A Super Bowl champion. Your organization had a big impact, and you had a big impact on the Raider Nation. Thanks for doing this. I hope to see you out in Vegas next year when the stadium opens up. Yes, I will definitely be out there. I got family out there. Thank you for listening to The Game Plan on the official Raiders Podcast Network.